Welcome to Behind the Clipboard, event experts empowering you to throw killer events for your business, workplace, social circle and beyond. We're giving you the Insider Toolkit, allowing you to make your events the talk of the town. Produced by Known Associates Events, it's time to open the backstage curtain and unleash your world of events expertise. Welcome back to Behind the Clipboard. I'm Tamara Cook from Known Associates Events and I'm here with my fellow events guru, the multi-talented Melissa Howie. I love these intros. It's just like a foray of compliments. A little warm fuzzy. <laughs> a little warm fuzzy. They're going to get better. Oh, <laughs> can't we'll, wait. We'll stick with multi-talented for today. Yeah. Which you are. Great. So we're recording this podcast on First Nations land, Wajuk Noongar Buja in Buraloo, Western Australia, and pay our respects to our First Nations people. Today's masterclass is a handy little skill called show calling. It's a role used in large-scale events where there's a plethora of multimedia and talent happening in the room. So I'm talking about live cameras, several screens, varied content, music, speeches, MCs, performers, dancers, stilt walkers, singers, an event where there's a lot going on. You need a show caller. Show calling is essentially being in the control room. You're like a conductor. You're mic'd up. To a headset and you're calling the shots of what's going to happen and when. Feel the power. Exactly. The show, show call is basically like a director for a TV show or a play. That's so true. In events, there's two types of show calling. There's a strictly audiovisual show caller, often called a technical director. And these are the kind of people that are very experienced who can arrive on site and call the event. They can call the event after one or two briefings with the event manager just to get a feel for the show and understand what's going to go into it. Yeah, these people will um, manage their AV team and generally at a big production like you've just listed off, there'll be a separate person just on lighting, a separate person on sound, maybe two, one for the microphones, one for sound, someone on vision and someone totally different controlling the live camera feed, which can be up to one, two or three camera operators. And they work together all the time. So they'll often have shorthand cues. They'll know each other and how they work. So they're the best person to manage the AV people. Yeah, absolutely. And they're the people that do those. Oh, we're going with camera two and lighting on the left-hand side of the stage in three, (laughs) two, one. Obviously, it's something that I don't regularly do. It's usually more technical. It's like, um, go Bo 4, go. (laughs) (laughs) True. They've got all their little... uh, Names for everything and their specific names for their lights. Yes. The lights have so many names. <laughs> and I quite often find that technical directors are the most calm people you'll ever meet in your life. Agreed. They've got, they're really softly spoken. They're calm. They're just in control. I've never seen one that's – they're kind of unflappable. Yep. I like them. And they do, it, they do this a lot. So that's what, where that comes from as well. Yeah. And I guess I'm giving an example of the good – tech directors because <laughs> the ones that are all in a tizzy they're not the ones you want to work with nope um so the the other kind of show caller is which is the one we're going to focus on today is the one that has a broader view on the whole event it's someone who's been involved in building the event in the lead up to the event day so they may be a lead event manager or part of the event management team and this kind of show caller is deep inside the run sheet and the order of proceedings. So they basically go to sleep reciting it word for word the night before the event. Mm-hmm. Mel, what was your first experience of show calling? Well, I remember it vividly. Um, it was 
a large, really complex charity ball, which um, is quite often the type of event that you need a show caller for. And I did not sleep a wink the night before. It's it's a very high pressure role, but when it goes right, it's so rewarding and amazing to manage a team that big and see it all go off without a hitch. It's so rewarding. But the night before, it's very stressful. (laughs) (laughs) So I was right with my comment about going to sleep reciting word for word what's in the run sheet. Except the part that says go to sleep. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe, yeah. All right. So we know that it's a stressful, (laughs) it's a stressful job to do. Um, But let's go into what a show caller actually does. So one, on event day, they're almost as important as the event manager and as we said before, sometimes they actually are the event manager. It's a dual role. Um, I personally feel the best person to step into that show caller role from the event management team side is the lead event manager. And then you've got your floor manager, your stage manager and all of your other team members out doing their things. But you're in the control seat because you know the most about the event. You've built it yourself. Yeah. Two, they work with the tech director to cue all audiovisual. So like you said... They're sitting right next to that person who's directing the tech team. Three, they cue talent and speakers. Yeah, so the event manager, um, sorry, show caller, who is usually the event manager and has the broad oversight over the event, will um, read ahead in their production schedule, the run sheet, to see what talent and speakers are coming up next. They will be the one generally in contact with the stage manager on comms. So generally the AV and tech director team are on the same line, but they kind of talk to themselves. And the show caller and stage manager, floor manager, are kind of talking to each other to ensure that the talent's where it needs to be. And they're also, they're positioned at the AV desk. So when we do show calling roles, we'll sit right next to the tech director at the AV desk. And that's usually positioned at the rear of the room. So you've got a really clear view of the entire event space and stage. You can really see everything that's going on. Yeah, usually it depends how big the room is, but you can kind of see the stage manager and whether they're making movements to get the MC or not. So it's something that you can keep an eye on the whole room and the movements. Yeah, and if you can't if you can't get eyes on people, then obviously you're just going through the radio comms. Yeah, and sometimes there's a lot of yelling. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, we don't yell. <laughs> sometimes there's a lot of yelling, and sometimes people leave their radio yeah. mics oh, on and have time. a conversation with someone else. And you're like, Georgia, your mic's on, Georgia. <laughs> it's so awkward, actually, if like they're talking about something that you know they don't want the whole team to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I'm not picking on Georgia. Georgia doesn't do that <laughs> all the time. It's just an example. Yeah, it's quite often the newest members of the team or ones that haven't been on comms that much because you do need to push a button on and off. Yes. If you forget to push it off. Disaster but can ensue. That's also when you realise how calm tech directors are because it's almost like a really stark contrast between um, some of the events team talking and the tech director is in the background like, cue lighting, three, <laughs> two, one. <laughs> Yeah. And we were like, ah, yeah. what's happening? Where's the talent? Where's the MC gone? Did he go to the toilet? Is he over there having a chat with the Prime Minister? What? What? Mm. <laughs> um, so your show caller is also an excellent timekeeper. It's their job to go through a document, which we'll go into a little bit deeper in a moment, but they'll follow a production schedule. And they're often charged with putting this production schedule together, which obviously gives them deeper insight into how it's all going to run and they've they've mapped out the way it will run so then they just have to keep to the plan that they planned. 
Um, the show caller is always there for technical rehearsals and sound checks, obvious reasons, ironing out bugs, etc. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the show caller meticulously goes through the event material. So this is all of the content that is going to be shown during this, uh, or shown or played during the show or during the event. So I'm talking about on-screen content, um, holding slides, videos, anything that's going to be visually loops, exactly any of that visual content. Mm-hmm. They're going to actually look through every single piece and ask any questions um, regarding cues or, uh, I don't know, start-stop times, which screens they're going to be on. Whether it's on a continuous loop or not, whether it plays through once. Exactly. So there's all these little um, niggles that they need to work Mm -hmm. out to make sure the event will run smoothly. And Um, if the – sorry to jump in. If the show caller isn't the event manager and hasn't been involved in – the management of the event, which is actually quite rare now I'm saying this, it usually all your content will be in one file, like a Google Drive or something for the AV company. So that's something you can send them to go through step by step in line with the production schedule um, to check which content is which. Yeah. And to make sure that everything that's written in the production schedule is actually on site and in their hands or in that file so that when it comes time for that to go up on screen or to Mm. be played, it's there. Because if, and if the schedule cues say charity video for and it's not in the file and AV don't have it that's the show caller's problem so that's their job ahead of time to cross check that AV has everything they need to make sure that this runs smoothly. Absolutely and also making sure files are properly labelled oh yeah is a really good so you gave an example of um, charity video for it might be called by the charity um Chelsea's journey. Yeah. So just making sure that all of the um, actual content lines up with what's written in the production schedule, so that they're getting the exact right thing. Because they don't know. Quite often they don't. They yeah. They they're seeing that material for the first time a few days before the show, so it should be cross checked. Definitely, and that's why it's so important. And we say this every time we talk about AV to do a full run through, like not just sound checks with the talent, but when you have a spare second, sit down, and this is the show caller's job, to sit down with the team and go through second by second the run sheet and the production schedule, queuing all of the videos, the screen content, holding slides, everything. Yeah, absolutely. Wrapping up what we just said, one of the best tips I can give is the show caller needs time to prepare. So this means reviewing the material and content, every piece of sound and vision, and the show caller's Bible, the production schedule. So Mel, or we've mentioned the production schedule a couple of times, I think it'd be good for you to just go into a little bit of depth about what a production schedule actually looks like. Sure. Well, production schedule for a show caller is your lifeline. And We mentioned needing time to prepare. They can be quite time consuming to produce, but if you put the work in ahead of the event, all you have to do is follow the instructions and the structure once you're at the event, which can be really helpful because there could be another million things going wrong. Not that we like to think they will, but the thing with event management is things will always go wrong, unexpected, venue, weather, whatever. And if you've got the production schedule ready to go, even best case, it's very detailed. You can step away from it and the tech director can run with it if needed. Yep. So what this looks like basically is a run sheet, but in way, 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 way more detail. So the way we like to do it is in, oh, I personally and a number of people I know, in table format. So it follows the same timings as the run sheet. 
and this is an important note to check they're both updated when you're doing last minute changes. Um, the timings run down the left hand column of the table and then there are columns to indicate for each aspect of audiovisual. So there'll be one column for what's happening in lighting, one for sound, one for vision and they're all separate. And then in each row crosswise it indicates at that time who is speaking, what the lighting's doing, any audio required, for example, it might dot point, we need a sting here, we need an extra handheld microphone for the audience, and what's going on in the screens in the next column. Um, in the vision column, for example, it's helpful to screenshot the vision that needs to be showing at that point in time as well, so everyone's on the same page. So this could be a title slide, a holding slide, the opening shot of the video that needs to be queued, and this goes back to making sure that they have the right video when they click play as well. Um, exactly. If you have those little thumbnails are so handy. Yeah, Because you, totally. you're looking exactly on the page what should be on the screen. Yeah, they're so helpful. And like as we keep saying, the AV team may not have seen this content beforehand. And even if you send the content beforehand, usually they the, the people actually pushing the buttons have not seen it. The tech director might have looked through it, but the people who actually click play on the video, for example, the vision guy, maybe hasn't seen these videos until you do the run through, which should be before the event. Always before always, the event. Always, always, always. Um, if there's different content on different sets of screens, and this always adds another element um, of detail to a big production, there should be more than one column for vision. So you might have side screens in one column and then front and back screens in another. And this quite often happens. Um, they'll use a vision, vision switcher to um, show different content on different screens. In this production schedule, remember to be specific. It's minute to minute and often the AV team will follow this document to the letter. So, for example, at the last minute, we've had this before where award recipients have changed at the last minute. The We've updated the screen content, we've sent it to the AV, but the production schedule still has the old name mm. and cue panic three seconds before the slide goes up because the vision guy is looking and what he has doesn't line up. Right. So it's so, so important to make sure that they're both updated as well if there's any last minute changes. Yeah. And this doesn't mean that you have to go and reprint the production schedule four times again. And it could be quite often it's multiple pages mm. and it's colour. Oh, so long. And it's, yeah, it's really detailed. So you can just do a little note in hand, handwriting on everybody's page that needs to know at the last minute. And that's the best way to do it. But as long as everyone's across it, and, and this is another reason why comms are so important at yeah. the time of the event. So that show caller needs to be able to talk to the event manager and the stage manager and they can say, just checking, this award recipient name changed to John Davies from Rebecca Bell. Everyone gets a heads up. Yes, yeah, absolutely. And putting the work in ahead of time is also a great document in case you aren't able to be at the event for some reason. And event management's all about trying to plan for every scenario, as we say. Heaven forbid that the event manager or the show caller who's prepared can't be there, but if they can't, this document is so, so detailed that it should be able to be followed by other people. And then lastly, keep a note on your production schedule. So this is really handy um, of how long things actually went for, which you touched on, I think, Tam, already. So that next time when you're planning, you have a better idea. Did the auction, did you think it would go for 20 minutes and it went for 45? It's quite often what happens. Or someone really likes to talk and they had seven minutes, but they went for 15. Yeah. And it, it's um, one of those things where the show caller can update 
the other managers in the room on how you're going to combat if somebody has gone grossly over time, what, where you're going to shave um, perhaps a piece of entertainment or um, yeah, something else that's happening on stage just to, to bring you back online. Yeah, or even meal service times, that's quite often unfortunately where it gets shaved off. Yeah, so or people just have to eat through a performance. Yeah, communicating to the floor manager, they need to tell the venue that dessert's going to be late coming out or we need to bring it out early and really pump it hard. We need to serve this in 15 minutes instead of 20 Eat up, folks. (laughs) We're running behind because that person talked for 20 minutes instead of two. Yeah. And actually, it sounds like that's the only problem is running overtime. But running under time is actually equally stressful because you could have queued your entertainment for 8.20 and people are nervous. They talk really fast. The speech doesn't go long enough. And then all of a sudden, the entertainment's due on stage at 8.10 and they're in the toilet or obviously that's why it's so important to look forward and notify your talent manager, your stage manager, that probably in three minutes we're going to need this dancer, even though they think they're due on stage in 13. Yeah, that's so true, especially for awards nights because recipients um, are often given the chance to talk and they just don't want to. Mm -mm. And then once one person hasn't spoken, the next person feels nervous about speaking, so they won't do it. And then all of a sudden you've built up 20 minutes that you didn't have before and you have to fill it. So, if we had a show caller essential checklist, this is what I suggest should be on it. Be alert so that you can respond to changes, update your cues, put people on standby, etc. That's the end of my point. Have Sound a lot like of coffee. I had more. <laughs> <laughs> Have a lot of coffee. Good ending. Yeah. <laughs> Communicate regularly with the crew so that they know what's going on and what to do next and what to prepare for. Be across any changes that the event manager or stage manager may have made after the rehearsal or sound check. During sound check, time speakers or performers with a stopwatch. Now, this might not always happen because quite often people don't do their whole speech through during a sound check. In a perfect world, they would because we'd have the time, but in an actual world, a million things have changed during the day and where you thought you'd have two hours to do a rehearsal and sound check you may have half that time so you're just getting people up to do a quick test test one two they might read a couple of lines and then get off so um at that point if you can't record how long their speech is going to take then it might be good just to note if they're a really slow speaker or if they're a really quick speaker the problem with that is that quite often it can change when there's thousand people in the room and they're really nervous true I think I find that that they calmly sound check like this welcome everybody and then they get there and there's people speaking and they're anxious and they can see all the faces and it's like welcome everybody we're going to introduce the (laughs) (laughs) The lights the music Ah! (laughs) but it is I mean some people may ask you to time their speech which that if you've got the time it's an absolute godsend Yeah. yeah If possible, remind the event manager to ask the speakers for their last words leading into a video to help with queuing. So somebody may be wrapping up a 10-minute speech and you just want to know what their last little line is that's going to – you're going to be listening out for those words to go, okay, we're queuing the video in three, two, one. Ensure fluid communication with the stage manager and or event manager at all times. And another good tip is to decide on a method of removing speakers and entertainment from the stage if they go over time. So it's coming up with a signal. So this is something that you do in sound check or rehearsal. 
Um, it could be a countdown timer. I know you use a countdown timer in a lot of your events, Mel. Oh, I love them. They're so good. It's really good. It's really good for... Um, and the speakers like it. They calming. That's yeah. what I was going to say, calming the speaker because yeah. they know how long they've got. Um, it then could, you can flash it red when they get in close, which really is so satisfying as an event <laughs> manager. <laughs> Probably not so satisfying for the speaker. Exactly, anyway. yep. Um, you could do a subtle playing of a musical sting or live music. Everyone's seen the, the Oscars. Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, didn't it just happen where they were trying to play Kate, them off? Oh, and Kate Blanchett did that. Um, and she said, I'm not finished. <laughs> oh, no, stop playing it. The chick out of... Um, Crazy Rich Asians, I think it was. Oh, gosh, I didn't see that one. But, yeah, it happens. People just decide. It's the event manager, the yep. show caller in that uh, little control box going, right, that's enough. Cue music, cue yep. the orchestra. Uh, it's not ideal, but, yeah, it's just letting – it's communication, letting your talent know that something like that may happen. It could be, like you said, a flashing light from the tech desk. Or quite often, particularly in smaller events, it could be someone – doing the crazy arm waving off stage or at the back of the room saying uh, get off or doing that the cut yeah. slit across the throat <laughs> yeah. movement. <laughs> yeah, that's usually um, But to be honest, usually when a speaker is on a roll and they, they can't stop talking, they're not even looking. No. So <laughs> it's not ideal. But the point is make sure you work out a signal at the time you do the rehearsal so that they're clear or they have some sense of what's going on even if they forget everything you told them. Yeah. Great um, tip. <laughs> worst case scenario, you turn their microphone off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've come close to doing that before. Yeah. MC on stage, their microphone suddenly doesn't work. Yeah. <laughs> and then they, they just cut out mid-word and then the MC goes, thanks so much for that rousing speech. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so that's pretty much it for me. Have you got any final tips, Mel? No, just, yeah, attention to detail. You've really got to be on the ball as a show caller. So, like I said, looking ahead, having awareness of whether you're running overtime, undertime, keeping everyone who's involved, including talent speakers, updated on that. Um, People panic when they don't know what's going on. So just communication is absolute key. Yes, and if you can, remain calm at all times. Yes. Easier said than done, but yes. Yeah. Take a look over to the tech director and take a leaf out of their book. Yeah, just go sit with the tech director for a few minutes and, yeah, see if you can emulate their peace and calm and inner tranquility and everything will go right. (laughs) That's the dream. That is the dream. Um, so if you guys have any any tips for us or anything that we didn't cover that you'd like like for us to cover or any other points on show calling or anything that we talk about in the podcast, we'd love to hear from you. You can drop into our or not drop into our DMs. What slide into our DMs. Slide into our DMs can on Instagram. <laughs> or you can send us an email at podcast at nonassociates.com.au. We would love to hear from you. Thanks for listening. Especially shout out to France. Mm, yeah, we're getting quite a few emails from them at the moment, aren't we? I know. We just had a listener email us from uh, email us the other day who lives in Paris and we were quite chuffed that you're listening all the way over there from down under. It's no, very cool. We're down under. You're listening we're down France. under. <laughs> <laughs> hey, bonjour. 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 Thanks for tuning in. For your chance to have your questions answered or join our conversation, follow us on Instagram at Behind the Clipboard Podcast. Yeah.